up to a well-known Tomb Raider to stop the Illuminati from getting their hands on an ancient artifact which grants the users the power to control time. Hello everyone, I'm Caleb Boucher. I'm Connor Izagari. Welcome to a new episode of Beyond the Bad. So today we'll be talking about the 2001 video game adaptation, Warcraft, Tomb Raider, um, a film which surprisingly is one of the most commercially successful of this extraordinarily troubled subgenre, but you know, thanks to movies like Sonic and to an extent the 2018 Tomb Raider, that might change hopefully one day very soon. Um, but this is extremely hated by critics. Um, upon release and to this day, so on that note, before we go any further, I will shoot it over to Connor to bring up those scores. Yeah, Tomb Raider. Uh, one of the <coughs> you know most critically reviled video game movies. Actually, you know what? Not one of the most critically reviled movies. It has gone... There's a lot of zeros. But well, so those, still, those worst reviled, but this one is fucking hated. It is hated. And for good reason. It's a, it's a shit movie. But it is currently sitting at a 20% Rotten Tomatoes score, as well as a 47% audience score. Critics consensus reads... Angelina Jolie is perfect for the role of Laura Croft. Debatable. But even she can't save the movie from a senseless plot. (laughs) From a senseless plot and action sequences with no emotional impact. And I agree with that big time. This movie has very little connecting tissue. It just kind of goes from da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da with zero explanation or emotional resonance. It's very by the numbers uh, and reeks of 2001. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, like not only does it just kind of hit points as it goes, one thing I noticed that the actions that do happen and the very few Tomb Raider that does happen in a film called Tomb Raider, based off a video game franchise, which we'll get into in a bit. Um, the action is some of the most boring I've ever watched in my life. Um, I have seen this film like a couple of times. Here and there, I had a buddy of mine when I was, you know, a kid growing up um, that had a massive crush on Angelina Jolie. So he loved the first two Tomb Raiders, especially sequel because she has that whole scene where she comes on in her bikini. Um, But so because of that, I've seen them a couple of times, but it had been a while because I never really latched on. Um, And then when watching it for the, when I was watching it earlier this week for this, I'm just like, okay, now I know why I didn't like this. This is terrible. And yeah, the, the action scenes, Jesus Christ. It's like they're throwing on like like I'm a metal guy, you know that I'm metal and I'm I'm a rock guy, but I don't know why it is like these films find the worst bands of this genre to pick. And not like bands that like, you know, like I don't know, Metallica Corn, like slipknot, like hugely successful, role recognized bands are like, let's find the shitty ones that don't cost a lot of money. That's probably why they get them. Um and like they're laying that kind of music over like horribly choreographed action sequences that just no emotional weight. I'm so uninvested. I'm sitting going, oh my god, just and and what's crazy to me, I don't know if you know, for me at least, 
it seemed like every action scene get worse than the last one. Yeah, there's a vibe. I mean, we open with like Lara fighting a robot for some reason. A robot we never see again, by the way. And uh, in the film. yeah, and then we're capped off. You know, the, the big one at the end is like a race up a pyramid for a for a triangle. And yeah, it's 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 a gradual process of just taking a little bit of life out of the movie each time we get an action sequence. I fell asleep during the one where um, where the stone statues come to life. I, I, I woke up towards the end of that sequence. <sighs> now you didn't miss much. Just confirming that is in the movie. That wasn't a dream I had. No, it's in the movie because okay. I stayed awake. And, <laughs> I've never seen her going. Ooh, that looks rough. Which there's some good reason when I get into a very long development hell um, <laughs> on why some things look rough. Yeah. But this, yeah, this no, cost 115 mil to make, and that was in 2001, and that was a lot of money. And uh, it, it it grossed about 274 mil. Not a huge hit, but you know enough to warrant a sequel. <coughs> yeah, I mean it was enough of a hit to get us a sequel, but then that sequel made a lot less, and it went dormant until we got the 2018 reboot. Which has like it has a sequel coming out, but they're taking like they are dragging their feet with that. So I I don't know the status of that anymore. And I actually do like the 2018 film. I actually found that a lot more entertaining. You could get yeah, so did I. I thought it was really fun. I thought Alicia Vikander did a good job as Lara Croft. I thought the story was you know a carbon copy of the first Uncharted game. But you know what? Whatever. Well, actually, you haven't played the trilogy. It's a carbon copy of the first game in that trilogy. Monta- like they find a like El Dorado is a is a is a virus in that game too. I don't know. It wasn't necessarily El Dorado, but that was like she's on an island. She's trapped on an island, looking for an artifact that I think ends up being like a virus that the island was trying to keep shut. Can't remember yeah. if it was El Dorado, but it was like it was mainly the plot of the the first game of the reboot trilogy. So who ripped off who here? God damn it! <laughs> well. In my since I never played Tomb Raider, I felt the movie ripped off the game, but maybe I, maybe the game ripped off the game, which ripped off the movie. I don't fucking know. I mean, the and this kind of leads to my question, but you kind of answered it. Which, which, what's your relationship to the video game series? We should kind of get into that now. Um, uh, uh, yeah, like so the, with the reboot trilogy, they a lot of the mechanics they got from Uncharted, but I mean, again, like Uncharted, because you gotta remember, it's weird, like. Tomb Raider was the the game back when it first came out, right? Like it was a yeah. huge, huge hit. Um, and then in, through numerous times trying to reboot it and revamp it, it kind of lost its luster with a lot of hardcore fans. So it, it kind of died for a bit. And then that's when Uncharted came out, became a huge fucking hit. And then along the way, they were like, hey, the company was like, let's find a way to actually reboot Tomb Raider because we're letting this franchise die. Like we don't know what the fuck we're doing. So they worked on rebooting it, and yeah, they borrowed a lot of mechanics from the Uncharted franchise, but still found a way to make it still be a Tomb Raider game. Um, that and then that was a huge hit, and they got the trilogy out of that. And now I don't know what the fuck's going on with the video game franchise anymore. Well, I can't speak for for the game mechanics or the plot or anything. My only beef with the the Tomb Raider movie from 2018 was that the the ending was identical to the ending of the first Uncharted game. 
And that was all, that was the, the only beef I had with it. Other than that, I think it's a very fun movie. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's been immense to play 2018 game, but it, it was probably the ending for the video game as well. Cause like I said, the video game was not shy about what they were, their influence was to kind of get them back on track uh, with it. I, um, I had the first Tomb Raider on PlayStation one when I was a kid and I couldn't figure out how to play it. I, I got barely into the first level. I couldn't figure out the mechanics. I couldn't figure out how to jump onto this cliff. So I gave up and I just never played it again. So that, that is my only experience with the Tomb Raider franchise. It, the, the original game is well known for its like horrendous tank controls, um, which obviously they fixed in the reboot. It's a lot simpler to fucking play it in the reboot. Another thing they fixed, and we'll kind of get into it because it does play a factor into this fucking film, is that so many game kind of talks about how far graphics are coming, how at the time that Tomb Raider came out, that was cutting edge. But so many dudes were obsessed with, you know, Lara Croft's um, assets, if you will, that that became its own thing. And then there's this whole like thing called Nude Raider where someone put in a code to trip her naked in the game so you can play her nude and so yeah yeah people really beaten off to naked triangles yes jesus christ and this game came out yes which was again another thing they they fixed when it came to the reboot they said okay she's not gonna have big tits she's going to be an actual fucking human character and not this like female you ogle yeah she's gonna be pretty but she's gonna be a badass too so they fixed that big time with the two, 2018 game. I mean, she still got big tits, but I agree. Yeah, but it's not like cartoonishly like it was. In... I, I do find it funny that like that's still kind of like the character's most defining characteristic. They can't get away from that. No, they, they really treat themselves in a circle when some when they let dudes make this game. I read like, that the original design, that was a complete accident. Like somebody like when they were creating the dimensions of the character they accidentally added another zero in that area and the character had huge tits and they just kept it yeah oh yeah yeah i remember reading about that (laughs) Uh, yeah well that's that's a little bit on the games right there um as you can tell not a classic of video game, right? Culture. It is an incredibly well-known, beloved game. Had a very successful reboot. Hopefully, will continue to be successful down the line. Like I said, I don't know what the current status is. The uh, the company that was working on that reboot trilogy turned around and gave us the shit that was Marvel City Adventures, and we saw Ooh. how that went. Um. Damn. So yeah. So I don't know what's going on with the video game franchise. Again, technically, the movie franchise because. They've confirmed a sequel, but they're taking so long. I would be, I'm down for a sequel. I really like Delicious. I'm like you, I like Delicious Vikander in the role. So, but we'll see. Um, that, how about we talk about this, this film here? All right. This is a lot. God, I worked so much. Okay. Starting from the beginning. This film actually got delayed numerous times because of various, uh, a rotating door of writers and traps. So they couldn't even come up with it. They got the green light to do this film and they couldn't, they spent a good year or two not being able to crack a script. 
the finished film that we got, that we witnessed happen before our very eyes, was a product of five writers, one of them being the director, Simon West. Jesus. Somebody once told me that if a movie has more than two screenwriters, it's probably going to be shit. If there's too many cooks in the kitchen, yes. Yeah. There's exceptions. Like some of those Marvel movies have like five or six people, but they're crafting an intricate piece of an ongoing puzzle. When it's just like one standalone movie like this, you don't need that many people putting together the story. Everyone wants to have their ideas their, their ideas heard. What you end up with is an incoherent pile of shit. Yes, which is what we got here. Now, here's the fun, here's the fun part that we kind of did with Batman. We want to bring it back here. So ultimately, as you know, as we all know, right, we got Angela and Jolie in the role. She wasn't actually the first name, though. Some names that did, that were considered. Here we go. I actually wrote it down, so I'm not going to read off the fucking IMDb. Keep in mind, these are, I would say, 90s, early 2000s um, versions of these actresses. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Famke Jensen, which I, look, I'll say I had a big crush on her when I was a kid, so I would have been okay with this. Um, Jennifer Lopez. Mm. And this one, I'm going to explain why this next one's interesting. Rona Mitra. This is interesting because she was actually the live action model for the video game character. Well, that that seems a no-brainer, doesn't it? Exactly. I don't know <laughs> why. If you already had someone that was the model for the video game counterpart, who's an actual actress, Rona Mitra has acted. <laughs> why would you not just grab her? And she's British. Why would you just not grab her for the movie? Probably because Rona Mitra does not have an ounce of the star power and box office draw that Angelina Jolie has. Uh, fair enough. Oh. Yeah. It's a shame, but that's how these that's how these decisions are made. Yeah, it yeah. It it's it honestly was when I saw her on the cast, I'm like, wait. I remember when I was looking at it, I was like, wait, wait a minute. Something doesn't add up here. And I looked it up and it sure enough for our interview is like the first thing it says. And I'm like, where the fuck did they go with her then? What the fuck? So she was like the only English actress who was even considered yes. for this English character. Yes. What the fuck's the matter with Hollywood, man? Oh, yeah. You want to hear the next two names I wrote down? Yeah. Uh, Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I mean, I like Sandra Bullock, but I don't see her as Tomb Raider. I would not have been, I would have been totally okay sitting in an outfit, but again, I, I find her attractive. Um, and here, here's a, a, in her prime, I guess, um, Denise Richards, and she was actually the favorite to win the role. I'd argue Denise Richards never really had a prime when it comes to her career. Wow, just do her dirty like that. I don't think I'm doing her any more dirty than Hollywood did. <laughs> uh, Mm. I don't know. I, I didn't stab her on Christmas Eve. Um, I think that was her. Might have been one of his other. Anyway, uh, I mean, in terms of this film's caliber, Denise Richards makes sense. Uh, but of those names, I think Famke Jansen would have made more the most sense, other than Rona Mitra, who is just the obvious choice. Yeah, like my two would have been either Rona Mitra or Famke Jansen. I would have been down for either one of those. I mean, her character in Goldeneye is basically a Russian sex murderous Laura Croft. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, again, I would have been okay. But either one of those two. Yeah. I wonder how Angie ended up getting this. It didn't say, but what it did what I did find out was that her when they did cast her, it was actually controversial as fanboys. Okay, here we go. Here, here it begins with something that I'm sure you're gonna roll your eyes on because I did mine. They objectified on her. The biggest those there's at least two or three more reasons I wrote down, but the biggest reason was that um where's oh she wasn't um physically appropriate enough. I.e., she did not have big tits. Oh my God. This is, I remember those same arguments came about when uh, Gal Gadot got the Wonder Woman role. Yeah. And that is such an empty, stupid fucking argument for a character. Uh, It's also wrong. I mean, did you see Tomb Raider? She, in that, in that department, she pulled it off. Uh, So I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It was a padded bra. Well, it, was a well, it was a good padded bra. I mean, if the character's never going to take off her shirt and it's got nothing to do with the movie, does it matter? Well, and I would argue, again, that's not the point of a powerful female character, right? Is to... It's just the idea of, like, dudes hide probably in the mom's basements. Just going to pull out that fucking stereotype right now. They're like, she doesn't have big enough boobs. She can't play. It's like, you realize it's called acting. If you want big enough boobs, there is plenty of Tomb Raider porn parodies out there to watch to your heart's content. So have at it there, buddy. Like, what was I? Yeah. I'd argue that the character is not particularly well written either. I I don't know if I'd go so far as to call her like a a strong character. She didn't, I mean, to me, get real written until the reboot trilogy. When they were, again, they were trying a lot harder to bring that character back. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. That, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine being that guy? Like, you're, you know, I don't know, they're doing some, like, press junket with Angelina Jolie when Tomb Raider rolls around this, and they're asking questions from a crowd and this guy rolls up like, yeah, I have a question. Um, how big are your tits? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. He's immediately escorted out. Right. <laughs> are they double Ds? Because that's what we're looking for. That's the right answer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, if you'll allow me, I have, um, like, <laughs> like <laughs> Jesus. oh my God. Um, un- unreal. Uh, but honestly, not surprising. Yeah, like I said, it's not surprising. We've seen it literally as recently as Wonder Woman. But I mean, I did definitely roll my eyes when I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" That, that was your complaint. <sighs> With that said, though, the slightly more reasonable—and I only say slightly—I'm going to stress that slightly more reasonable points because again, people forget that it's a fucking live-action adaptation. But this first one makes sense. And we'll talk about more. Elaborate here. But uh, she's being an American playing a British character. That's a valid one. Yeah, that bugs me big time. The Brits always are, you know, mostly able to do an American accent when they're cast as American characters, but it rarely works the other way. No, and, and like, look, and look, I'm one of those that personally, like, you hear it a lot nowadays, but uh, we need, you know, what people that are really just 
all about diversity and representation in Hollywood, which is great. But, you know, you hear it all the time. Like, well, why can't they get a deaf actor? There's a lot of deaf actors working. Like, there's not a lot of deaf actors working. So, like, let's calm down. In the case of some of these, though, like how there's plenty, there's plenty of gay actors working that can just play the gay role. There's also plenty of British actors working that could have gotten this fucking part. I agree with those representation stats when it comes to uh, race, not necessarily nationality or sexuality. I think should gay actors only play gay characters? I don't think that's fair. I'm not. I'm not saying like they shouldn't only play that. I'm talking about people that like anytime someone with like a deaf character or like or yeah, like it, uh, you know, six uh, someone involved in the LGBTQ community, and they're like, why can't they just? Get an actor that is like that. I'm like, maybe because there's not a large pool of those actors. I was like, well, yeah, so obviously think- you can get that actor. Yeah, awesome, cool. But if you can't, again, they're actors. Like they're playing a role. Yeah, I think ultimately it should go to the actor with the best approach to the character, an actor who's going to be the best fit for that character. And most of the time, that involves you know casting a Brit as a British person. Uh, yeah, no, in this case, it should have been a Brit playing a British person. So, in this case, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, but those are issues that are going to be, you know, part of Hollywood going forward forever. I remember when Javier Bardem got a bunch of shit for uh being in uh being the Ricardos because Desi Arnaz is Cuban and Javier Bardem is Spanish, and they went after him, like, you know, you're not Cuban, like, how do you know? And he's like, at the end of the day, I'm playing a role. Yeah, I, I respected his response to that. No, yeah, because like, and like I said, I'm not saying like, don't say this is like me being like, oh, we should. I am all about diversity and representation in films. Like, I'm all about it, but realize like, they are getting the best people for that role sometimes. And guess what? There's not a lot of right. There may not have been a lot of fucking Cuban actors working to play the role of uh, Desi. So it's like. Javier Bardem was the best choice and they went with it. And at the end of the day, as long as the person that gets that role is doing their research, like, you know, again, kind of going back to like the death, I think the deaf things of the Quiet Place movies, um, how all the praise he got for casting an actually deaf actress. Yeah. Um, but like, as long as you get someone that does their research and actually get, wants to give an authentic performance, that's what should matter. Yeah. You know who gave high praise to Javier's performance? Lucy and Desi's daughter. Yeah, and that's so, all that matters. Yeah, if she's if she's okay with it, fuck everybody else's opinion. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm going to trust their daughter's brain more than some jackass on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, there's two more reasons why she was controversial. Uh, this one doesn't make sense to me because they act like they can't just cover it up. But her tattoos. Because I remember this is 2001, so it's not like you're supposed, you know, tattoos were still kind of like this odd, like, yo, you don't get those unless you're like a rock star or some shit like that, you know? That that American sense mentality that tattoos are bad. Oh, dear God. Um, Which is really like, I say my America, it's the boomers. Boomers are a big reason for so much of this shit. Boomers can go straight to hell. I... I can't stand them. Uh, yeah, their outdated sense of right and wrong is what is what got us to this fucking hellhole in existence we're dealing with today. Um, I would argue that 
the insanely rich and rebellious Lara Croft would probably have some tattoos. Yeah. If anything, <laughs> there's a good chance she'd have like full sleeves. Yeah, probably. Uh, and also, you know, who fucking cares? Yeah. I mean, how many and how many different movies has Dwayne Johnson shown off his giant Samoan shoulder sleeve? Yeah, and that was when he just had that one. He has the other one on his arm now because he got the new piece later in life. Yeah, it's so like it's ridiculous. Yeah, so I know that like tattoos are somehow like bad, and I and I I say older because most the, the few times I have gotten like looks out of corners eyes from like the soccer mom types and like it's usually the much older ladies i just can't fathom why i'd have like a tattoo sleeve before me i'm just like oh, whatever you should flex next time they give you a dirty look you should just like lean into that shit own it make <laughs> make michael's face jiggle <laughs> you get like really up in their fucking business with my yeah <laughs> Well, my seal. Oh, sorry, I'm not showing the whole thing. Let me just. Freddie's coming for you, bitch. <laughs> just. <laughs> He's got you know a horror I... movie icon sleeve for you, uninitiated. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Real quick, side note: Friday on the last one. So, on my sleeve, right, right below Jigsaw, I got the "I Want to Play a Game" in red, and it's on like my, my fucking wrist. I didn't like think it through. <laughs> To an extent, and I, when I first got, I had so many people come up to me like, "Are you okay? Do you need?" Help? I'm like, "What are you talking about?" They're like, and, they, and they, it's like, like idiots. I thought I was cutting myself. I guess not cleaning the blood. I'm like, "No, it's a fucking tattoo that says I want to play a game from Saul." <laughs> um, all right. At least, I mean, their hearts in the right place. They wanted to help you, but they're also idiots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the heart's in the right place, but fucking idiots for thinking I wouldn't clean up. <laughs> if I was doing that, I wouldn't clean my fucking arm up before going out. Uh, ah, yes, my tattoo sleep. Moment <laughs> on. Um, her final thing, and keep in mind, when this film came out, 2001, and her Jolie status at the time. We know her now as a, right, a humanitarian that has six kids, does all this work, blah, blah, blah. She's a, a leading example of what to be in Hollywood, right? You know, uh, okay. at the time this film came out, she had a different reputation. And that was, uh, again, that was the final reason to make her casting controversy. It was a very well publicized uh, personal life involving her admittance to knife play in bed, um, having the vials of blood, you know, when he came to Billy Bob Thorne, the media over exaggerating the kiss to her brother after some awards thing. Like, yeah. It, yeah, this was when she was the wild child of Hollywood. She wasn't playing fucking Eleanor Roosevelt. Like, this was a video game character. What difference does it make? What the reputation of the actress is? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. She wasn't running for office. <laughs> She's playing I'm Tomb not, Raider. Look, yeah, look, I don't agree with it. I'm just saying, like, before people are like, really controversial personal life? That's why I was paying into this. Because, yeah, obviously now she doesn't have the most controversial personal life. But at the time, people were just like, you can't have this kind of person. I was like, who gives a shit? She, at the end of the day, again, actor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she could have been kicked out of a convent for blowing a priest. It still wouldn't matter. It's, too, it's a movie. <laughs> yeah, 
if anything, I'd be like, how was it? I have the, I have some questions for the priest. Oh my God. I I mean, yeah, she's, she's a freak. Right <laughs> she's hey, look. a freak, but it shouldn't have anything to do with playing a role. No. I mean, like at the end of the day, if she if she did she did something good in the fucking audition of the other like it's so some some of their names I mentioned, right? She did something good enough for them to go like, yeah, we want you to play the role. So and, you know, I don't see any like any men getting this kind of treatment in Hollywood. I mean, you know, nobody, you know, uh, Heath talked Ledger about you know hmm? Heath Ledger and the Joker with these kind of like who you know th- that kind of oh no yeah no no not not the way these women have no yeah like they're going after their personal lives for care for like playing a character like you don't see that like you know Mel Gibson didn't have to deal with that shit Charlie Sheen doesn't have to deal with that shit. But no. yeah, it's like you know they're represent. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get this. Uh, it, it's it's yeah. the constant like mixture of the various the the sexism of Hollywood versus the you know to an extent I see the sexism sexism of society as a whole with how they treat like society treats men and women so differently. Yeah, it's very evident in Hollywood. It has been since day one, and it's not doesn't seem to be going anywhere. No, the Me Too movement tried really hard, and apparently they only made about 10% progress. I would also like to point out that as of 2001, Angelina Jolie had an Oscar under her belt as an actress. So that should supersede any personal shit. It should, but you know, you know how people are with the, the celebrities. They care so much about their personal lives. Sometimes uh, yeah. they're their fucking work, and I'm just like, I again... It, you know, it's like, 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 for example, right? Like, I've said my piece on like Nolan, like, how many times am I still, if it looks good enough, am I going to go see his new movie? Yes. Cause I, I'm still, cause I can't deny that the cast for his upcoming film is fucking stellar. Yeah. And it is about open hire. That does interest me. Do I have issues with him personally? By God, yes, I do. I've made it known. Am I still interested in his new movie? Yes. Am I still going to watch his old films? Yes. Then day, their personal life is separate from their fucking work. There's anybody in like in 2001 who's like, I'm not gonna go see that new Tomb Raider movie. Like the actress has tattoos, and she kissed her brother a little too long. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't want to know you. Get the fuck out of here. You're yeah, a whack job. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it's yeah. It, it's kind of like um, what like. Those people that like pick certain actors, they won't watch some films because they cheated, but then they'll watch this other actress films. But that actor also cheated. I'm like, okay, you have a double standard going on here. Do people do that? I have some some family members I grew up with that like want to watch films from certain actors because they uh, cheated. And I'm like, dude, unless they cheated on me, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. <laughs> Isn't that how? Why would I care? Yeah. It, Oh God! Am I look Arnold Schwarzenegger? I still love his fucking movies. His yeah. old films. Not, Am not, I gonna not watch Terminator Two because he fucked the maid? Like, no, I don't care. Not my life. I've never met the man. Probably never will. I'm certainly not gonna know him socially. I don't care. <laughs> Even if I did, I still be watching Terminator Two. It's a great fucking movie. Yeah, the maid could have been like my aunt. I would still watch Terminator. I, I just look at it and be like, look, I'm sorry, you did this, all right? Like, 
<laughs> you made the choice. I'm watching the movie. I could be chastising. I'd be like, you terrible man. How could you do that? And T2 is on TV in the background. <laughs> like in the middle. I'm like, hold on a second. I love this part. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go anywhere. I got more for you, though. <laughs> That's great. That is some psychosis. When you are like that connected to a celebrity's personal life that you are actively avoiding their movies because they cheated on their significant other, you need to get checked in and you need help. Yeah. 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 You know, it doesn't. And what's sad is that now I'm kind of without saying who in my family, uh, I've already texted you about stuff. It doesn't surprise me now. Um, that said, uh, at least as far as like, you know, things they've uh, voiced now to me um, that I do not agree with at all. Uh, so in this, but going back to the movie in Julie's case, luckily for once, instead of like the studio pounding on, you know, not helping her out to his credit siren west would speak up and come to her fans and essentially tell people to shut the fuck up wait for the movie to come out it's i mean fine. ultimately the movie sucked but i mean that's got nothing to do with any of these reasons yeah no yeah no the movie did suck but like i give him credit for being like guys shut the fuck up like, i do find that kind of sad like after all this he's like give her a chance like see the movie first and then the movie was terrible it's like Ah, <laughs> he just backed out. Like I'm going to. Get... He's like uh, that Ned Flanders meme going into the bushes. <laughs> he just starts s- s- sinking into the bushes. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's great. Yeah. So production would go smoothly, surprisingly. But this is why I I text you. And I said like, holy shit! Post production on this thing. It's apparently a fucking nightmare first simon west essentially got fired because of problems between him and paramount they took they removed him from the post process they allowed him to go film reshoots they would not let him come into the editing room they brought in a different editor that is really shitty and also kind of funny that they're like you go film reshoots and then fuck off yeah like, did he know he was going to be told to fuck off when he went to do the reshoots? No, that's what's weird. I think, yeah, I think he did. I think that's like, he, they get so bad, they're like, okay, go do the reshoots, but you're not doing this. We brought in a new editor. He was like, fine. And went to go do it. You know, I, I had a feeling it wasn't Simon West who has the bulk of this uh, blame here because I really liked Con Air, which is one of his. So I know he could craft a good action movie with a competent cast. So, mm, had a feeling it wasn't him. Oh, yeah. Nope. He, he was shut out. They brought in Stuart Bird. He, he came in instead. Um, but because of this, they had a longer than expected post schedule, which leads to the next thing that we mentioned earlier with special effects. Um, they ended up rushing the post process, and a good chunk of the film's major special effects were left unfinished by the time this film came out. Oh shit. That explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. Eesh, that's that sucks. It, why why do that? Why not just you know I mean eventually you could have a good movie if you just take your time with it, but they always rush this shit and they always end up not, you know, not pulling it off every time. 
every time all because they're like whatever it didn't i could not find the specific reason but whatever disagreement they had was like the domino effect but it does not end there because next is the goddamn score for this movie so originally they went actually smart they were like they got the composer for the game series nathan mccree they brought him on board they said hey you do the games go ahead and come if you want to come on board do the movie he was like yeah i'm down Paramount, once again, though, insisted on a more well-known movie composer. That's, that's some horseshit. Uh, it's like they went out of their way to alienate fans of the game. Yeah, it's like they, they, they left the pre alone. They left post alone, but then, man, our production alone. Then post came along, they're like, all right, now we can strike. Now we can fuck this movie up. Oh, that's insane. I can't believe that. Uh, yes. And the score ended up just being like some techno babble bullshit. Well, that's, I am not even close to done with this. He <laughs> was, the names I'm about to say were not the first names. They were a rotation. So their insistence led to the hiring of Greg Hill Jones and Peter After, Afterman for the score. And get this, I'm about to blow your socks off here, buddy. Danny Elfman for the main theme. Are you kidding me? Elfman? Yep. Oh, would, was he like composing at like a fourth of the volume as everybody else? Because I didn't oh. hear any Elfman in here. Wait. Okay. There's more. Jesus. For reasons unspecified, they shelved Elfman's, Elfman's theme and score. They shelved the whole fucking thing. And then they hired Michael Kamen next. Why do they keep hiring competent composers and then shelving their work? I don't know. It's not over, though. Jesus. <laughs> Cayman's score would get rejected. So they then got their final guy, Graham. Graham, I don't know how to say his first name. So it's spelled G-R-A-E-M-E. Graham. Graham? Okay. Graham Ravel. He was brought on to compose 60 minutes worth of music in just 10 days. Because they would not budge on the post. <laughs> God, who like who did West piss off with this? Like there's some executive with a serious grudge. I when I was reading that, I was floored when I saw Danny Elfman's fucking name. Admittedly, I think Elfman probably the wrong choice for a film like this. But, you know, not bad for, like, what, third, fourth third, fourth score guy they got? He was, like, the third guy somehow. Third, fourth guy. And then I got to pull it up, but there was another big name that was briefly attached, and they fired him, and it shocked me. Oh, okay. I'm coming up on it. Ah, Jerry Goldsmith. Was attached ah. at one point. I think he died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He said he couldn't do it to the problems with his health at the time. So he was in the. He he died. Well, maybe the movie. Maybe the stress <laughs> of having to, you know, be the sixth re- rejected composer on Tomb Raider got to his heart. I, maybe he just like how I've never I I've heard some insane things, especially thanks to this show. Um, with the uh, post with you know production, but 
to go through this many composers and to get someone like Danny Elfman be like, yeah, we're going to show viewers thing and, <laughs> and get someone else. And when you get to the last guy, you're like, they're like, hey, so you need 60 minutes of music and you have 10 days to get none. Good luck. Ultimately, I, th- I find it hilarious that the ultimate final music in this movie is horrendous. I mean, when you have 10 days, yeah. It's not enough time to really perfect what you need for the film. I feel like the dude just whipped out one of those um, keyboards that has like built in like tunes and then just like pressed two or three of those, got a techno beat and threw it into the movie. I would love if he did that while staring at like the producers with the most pissed off look on his face. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the beat. He's like snapping in time, like staring at the guy. (laughs) (laughs) Doubling down. Right. He's like, give me more days. I can't do this in 10. This this is what 10 days of work sounds like. <laughs> you want better work? You give me more time. Like, no, that's fine. We'll take it. He fired at that point. He's like, just give me my paycheck so I can go. A paycheck? No, we don't, we don't do that here. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised if he didn't get paid. Right? They're just like, oh, you want to get paid? <laughs> Here's tell you what you do. You take this form. Uh, you take it to floor three, you talk to Deborah, uh, you twist it firmly, roll it into a ball, and shove it up your ass. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> but don't take your music because we have that now. That belongs, yeah, intellectual property of Paramount. Get the fuck out. <laughs> God damn it. Huh. With that, that out of the way, the last thing I want to touch on is uh, something we kind of briefly talked about, essentially what I kind of said would kind of come up again after talking about Angela Jolie's, I guess, lack of big boobs. Um, look, I understand the original game had the whole nude raider and stuff, but then day, the point of this, especially again with the reboot series, was to make a strong female character that you won't just ogling for like, ever and beating off if you want to do that go watch the fucking porn parodies are rampant of this fucking franchise but that said though hollywood being hollywood as we know it's not been the best when it comes to strong female characters i.e they think by having a hot chick as naked as possible that's strong female character now i'm not saying i'm opposed to beautiful women naked on screen but if you're trying to make a strong female character like one woman not the route to go so with that said, there was rampant sexuality played up in all the earlier drafts before getting toned down in the finished product. So, in the final film alone, uh, both the shower scene and when she throws her towel off that we were obviously tr- trimmed for PG-13, originally, you were going to see you were going to see everything in the shower scene. You were going to see Rear butt nudity and the towel thrown off. Um, Trolley claims she had a body double ready to go for those shots. She wasn't going to actually do it herself. But that was supposed to be like R-rated. You see everything. Originally, Fully said, let's tone down for PG-13. In just this movie. I have more insane stuff for the earlier scripts when you're ready. Um, I'm surprised they even pursued that, actually. Usually, you know, a studio is, they aim for PG-13. 
weird. They don't usually are. They usually aren't the ones to make the call to tone things down. Uh, usually it's just already toned down. Yeah. No, in this case, they, they were gunning for it and then they said, oh, let's tone it down. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, that's hmm. weird that the, the games were PG 13 for the most part. You didn't really, you didn't, like, yeah. other than the mods, you, there were no, there was no nudity in the games. And that's what I think is so crazy to me because the original site games are T, even the, the reboot trilogy is rated M, but not because Laura's getting naked in the fucking games because they are actually violent and they have, like, they say fuck. Like, that's why, like, they're just more violent and they actually say curse words. That original set of games, though, yeah, they were T. They were meant to be played by everyone. So the fact that the movie was like, we need a, wow, we want tits and ass in this goddamn movie. You guys know it's a T-rated game. We don't give a shit. We're going to make it or, all right? Well, Ten days. They, Ten days. They thought the T stood for tits and ass. <laughs> Obviously. I wouldn't be surprised. It's 2001. We've seen how the, everyone treats the video game industry, even in, now in 2022. Oh, it's like a foreign fucking concept to people. How many people on in production do you think actually played the game? Almost zero. Yeah, The one that. guy that was supposed to do the score was probably it, and they fired him. I'm just picturing that like Studio 666. Like, Did you just say no to Dave Grohl? I just keep picturing that. I bet that you know some executive said that. You know, we need 10, 10 days for the music. And the guy's like, well, no, I need more than that. No? Did you say no to Paramount? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here now. Like, ugh. Something I, about sorry, you want to see, something about hearing Dave Gold say, Did you just say no to Dave? Because he's like known as nice guy Dave, like the nicest guy. Yeah. <laughs> something about him delivering that line was the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I I feel like those uh outbursts were probably pretty plentiful when Tomb Raider was getting developed. Oh, it had to be. It oh, it had to be. But now, are you ready for this? Those <laughs> earlier scripts I talked about were worse, including scenes such as having Laura flash her breasts to villains as a distraction, using her breasts to crush a giant millipede. Showering, bathing, skiing, dipping. And this one I love. Losing her bikini while fighting some creature. Literally a porno. I'm sorry, what was that about a millipede? Using her breasts to crush a giant millipede. Using her breasts to crush yes. a giant millipede. Yes. Was there some Paramount executive beaten off to Discovery Channel and this is what happened? Because that's the only explanation for that nonsense. I don't know why, but I'm thinking about the Bloodhound Gang song right now. <laughs> I don't know why it popped up as soon as you said Discovery Channel. Yep, I, I got you. That's great. He's listening to that song, beating off to Discovery Channel. In time, to the beat. Like, he's got his rhythm down and everything. <laughs> That's fucking oh, crazy. God. She's, so yeah, she was she just using her tits as a weapon the whole time. Yes. What the fuck? Something that she doesn't do in the game because, again, they're rated T. See, I've never played Tomb Raider, but you, you don't have to tell me that that has never happened in the games. Yeah. <laughs> again, I was reading, I was like, were they trying to make a porno? Because this all sounds like something I see in the porn parody. 
I wonder if when they were developing flashing her tits at the villain, and then she gets rode by like two of them. I wonder if when they were developing Uncharted, they just had a draft where Nathan Drake just like whacked the bad guy with his dick. I mean, that's as crazy as what they're suggesting here. Listen, Mark. We heard you still got the thing from Boogie Nights. We need you to put We need you to put that back on. I need you to suit up, Mark. There's evil afoot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The whole movie, Sully's just, you know, referencing this like bizarre past he had, how he used to handle big weapons. And then at the end of the movie, he just whips it out and saves the day. That is as crazy as suggesting Lara Croft is using her tits to fight big monsters. Unreal. Right? Yeah. How the thing with the trap millipede one? How big is this trap millipede that she's crushing her breast, using her breast to crush it? She can't like use her foot like everyone else on Earth would do. Like, or if this is like dog sized, why is she? Why isn't she just running? No matter how big this thing is, it's still fucking weird for her to use her tits to destroy it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, losing her bikini, like, this is your porno or, like, a Roger Corman flick. And let me tell you something. I'd much rather sit through the Roger Corman flick of this because, yeah, it would have a scene like that in it, but it would be insanely fun to watch in a weird sort of way because he knows how to film that kind of shit. I feel like Corman wouldn't disrespect a character like that. I mean, Corman, you know, his films aren't great, but he always values like his major players, you know? Yeah. Well, when he wanted to do a, a re, he would just make his own version of Laura Croft, not call it Laura Croft because it wouldn't be a fucking adaptation. And then he'd get, he'd get away with making it R and have the tits out like he would want. And I'd he'd be call like, her yeah. like Laura Croft with a U. Laura I mean, Croft. Laura Croft. Uh, Laura, Lara, however you want to fucking say the name. Everyone has a different goddamn saying to it. Grave Explorer. <laughs> yeah, that's... Unre- I can't get over that. Laura, like somebody somebody with money and power pitched, why don't she crush a giant millipede with her tits? And people had to listen to that. Someone had to be like, that's a great idea, Mr. In Charge. I was about to say, yeah, someone sat, but this is the thing, you know, someone agreed with it. Someone sat there going, that's a fucking fantastic idea. Why didn't I think of that? So those ass kisses were like brilliant to everything the guy at the head of the table says. Yeah. Oh God, I can't believe it. Even like, even something as mundane as like the shower bathing and skinny dipping, like, that would just feel like overkill. Like, you have a scene where she crushed a fucking, she's flashing villains constantly her breast. And then it's just like, oh, make sure we get like a shower scene in there. And her bathing is like, why? <laughs> if you want that much tits and ass, just make a porno. I don't know why you have to glob that into the Tomb Raider movie. Yeah, I don't. It's like I've never read a thing where I'm like, were they trying to make a porn and just hopefully get it out to theaters? God, it's like they were making a porn and they just trimmed out all the sex. And this is what we were left with. Yeah, like someone at some point, someone in the in the like one of the head honchos finally beat off and went, Oh my god, what have I been saying yes to in the script? What the yeah. fuck? This is whole this? thing is just post nut clarity. All it is. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Either way, oh. All right, well, it was posted on Clarity or what? All this shit, as we see in the finish line, was toned down a lot. Um, almost to nothing. Um, weirdly enough, Jolie has since expressed that she doesn't think Laura was sexy enough in the finished film. I mean, that shower scene where she's like weirdly like I fucking the wall is a uh, pretty sexy, you know, in an odd way. So I don't, I don't, I don't know like what more does she want? Yeah, she threw her towel off. Yeah, we got some generous mm-hmm. side boob, and then yeah, she's just hopping around the whole. Yeah, I know in the sequel, you know, we get the whole like. She comes out of the water in the bikini and she's like, hello, boys. Like, what, what more do you want? That's my Jolie impression. Hello, boys. It's like she's in some fucking war film for some reason. Um, <laughs> Sound like a leprechaun. Hello, boys. You want my pot of gold? <laughs> uh, but that's, that's, that is finally the end of this. Um, development hell for this movie um unless you got anything else we can finally move on to awards i don't i i mean this looked like a disaster this looked like somebody behind the scenes fucked up but oh my god did not expect that level of just tone deaf uh suggestions yep you you make tone deaf suggestions when they were first trying to come up with a script you finally get a finish parked up with five fucking writers for some reason smooth production no issues there and then like as if paramount was just waiting in the bushes for posts post comes out and they leap out they're like haha not a sabotage your movie i'm picturing like the premiere of tomb raider and the film's almost over and there's one paramount exec who's just seething he's never been more pissed off in his life and he stands up and demands to know where the fuck is the millipede scene? <laughs> Where is it? I demand to know why she didn't crush a giant bug with her huge tits. Where is that? It's the one thing I asked we keep. One thing. He's escorted out. He's fighting like, where's the millipede? He's screaming it as he's dragged out of the theater. Eventually, he's just saying, like, boobs or the whole time. Just, Millipede, turn, bo- boobs, why? <laughs> Reminds me of that guy on this, uh, when Kevin Smith was making his Superman movie. And he, uh, this one exec demanded that Smith put a scene with a giant spider in the movie. And Smith was like, why? And he's like, because they're cool. And Smith, the, the project eventually fell apart. And then that executive ended up producing Wild Wild West which has a giant spider in the movie. <laughs> I always, to me, my ultimate that I always go back to is when Adam, Adam Green um, said on the movie court one day when he, he worked on an Aquaman script way, way back. And he got a, he got a note back from the series saying, hey, we like it, but can you get rid of the water? Or why is there so much water? And he, he literally had a moment of like, are you fucking serious right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> God, he should have written a new draft of like a spec script sent it to the guy and it was just called man no aqua just man just man instead of like the upcoming men man there was 
my favorite one is when uh, Spielberg was told by an executive on uh, Gremlins that the movie has too many Gremlins. I read that, and Spielberg basically, in a very nice way, said, "Fuck you, I'm not changing it." Because he was well, his suggestion. His suggestion was, "Well, I could take the Gremlins out and just call it People," <laughs> which yeah, is his kind way of nice. saying, "You're a fucking idiot." <laughs> yeah. I love that it, they said that at a point that he was Spielberg enough to be like, no, go fuck yourself. Like, you're not changing my movie. God, I hate executives. Who, like, if you can't give good feedback, shut up. Like, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't understand people like that. It's like they forget. It's like they don't. What was Phil idiots And just so many stories of this in Hollywood with executives. <laughs> Uh, they make uh, for good content for this show, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, they do. Like we just saw with fucking <laughs> this movie. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the awards. Um, first up, <laughs> Zack Snyder, first scene. What do you got? Because I know I had quite a full day trying to pick one. <laughs> I, I picked this one because of how weird <coughs> and awkward the filming of it was. It's uh, John Voight's explanation letter. Uh, Lord Richard Croft is played by the super un-British John Voight. And uh, I guess to British him up, they give him a little thin Lord mustache and just hope for the best. Yep, This was also when they were briefly back to talking to each other in real life. Before that went down south again. Now I guess they're good again. I don't know. This is when they were briefly on good terms. Him and Angelina Jolie. I don't know, I'm just glad John Voight's not my dad. I don't know how I'd handle that. He's and I'm glad, like, I don't have Angelina Jolie for a daughter. They seem, they both seem different levels of fucked up. Because they are. Uh, but in that scene, when Richard just explaining, like, the Illuminati, the triangle of whatever, it can control time. And then they smash cut to, like, John Voight talking and he's staring directly at the camera, almost like, I'm about to have a call to adventure. Like he's talking to me and it's just so weird and off-putting and awkward and strange. And I was like, this isn't right. I don't like this. (laughs) How do you know any of this shit? Like, this is so out of the blue. Like, Oh, by the way, time travel exists. Oh, by the way, I was in a secret society. Oh, by the way, you've got a week to find this thing or the world explodes or whatever. Like just so many matter of fact, like what if she didn't find that note? Yeah. Then we have like no movie at all. Just John Voight staring at the camera being like, you must find it. So many of like John Voight's scenes are terribly filmed. Actually, all of his <laughs> scenes are terribly filmed. I don't think he went to set once. I'm pretty sure they just got him in a room somewhere, put a fake-ass mustache on him, told him to be British, and filmed what they could get. Yeah, like his, this scene when they revealed him, his like him getting shot and killed looked terrible. I remember watching going, this looks like shit again as we learned they did not put out a film with finished fucking special effects so no. makes it look like john Voight's character was murdered inside a 90s screensaver it's terrible it's bad <laughs> but yeah that was mine it was just it's john Voight looking directly into the camera it was such an odd choice and just leaves me thinking like you know dude stop staring at me <laughs> You stop moving around and you're like, stop staring at me, dude. It becomes like the ring for a horrendous second. He just starts coming out of the TV. Talk to you. You must find the triangle. Insert name here. You must. <laughs> Wait. Wake up. Um, 
ah, I should not have listened to that episode today before this. Yeah. Um, for me, I again, I had a full day. I ultimately went with the entirety of the climax of this film involving this. The I'm going to word exactly like this: the second and final tomb raiding scene. The action is choreographed horrendously. There's some weird shit with the pyramid running up it. Again, it's a Tomb Raider film, and this is the second Tomb Raiding scene in a Tomb Raider film. I'd argue, <laughs> there, the last one. I'd argue there is no Tomb Raiding in this movie because a tomb implies bodies. Like, too. Yeah, I mean, they're, it's, like, it's basically a vault raider. Yeah. Oh god! Then there's the whole like stupid, like weird electronic song playing as she's moving the knife around to stab him, and I'm just like, God, just let it in, let it in. How come that same knife kills Daniel Craig, but like does nothing to Ian Glenn? He, he well, it didn't even kill Daniel Craig. Remember, he fell into oh, yeah, the drowned. water. Yeah, he woke up and then like he got his legs crushed, still survived, and then yeah, drowned. Oh, they could have just that was unnecessary. Just stab him. Yeah, his entire like that scene is another reason this doesn't work because it's so ridiculous. His character was pretty pointless. Oh, I'll I'll get to Craig in a minute. Don't worry. Oh. <laughs> uh, All right, now for the next award, the Ed Wood, the worst line. Or lines. I have two lines. Uh, the first one is a combination of Manfred Powell and uh, I think his name was Alex, Daniel Craig's character. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're working together for some reason. And... Um, they're about to go into the tomb to get the first uh, triangle half. Powell says, into the belly of the beast. And Alex replies with, and out of the demon's ass. So weird. You can tell the ass was forced as hell by Craig, who is probably used to saying arse. <laughs> so he put yeah, like an a- ass. Like he put some stank on it. Yeah, and his horrendous fucking accent. <laughs> yeah. It was just so unnecessary. Uh, and then my second line just bothered me. It's uh, at the end of the movie when they find that like crack in time and Laura just matter of factly states, it's a time storm. Time is broken here. Lady, how the fuck do you know that? This is not a common occurrence. You are not an astrophysicist. How the hell would you know, even begin to know what this is? Well, it's annoying because again, if you play the games right, there's all that lead up when you find these things out as you're going along in the game. So when you get to that moment, you're like, ah, this is what it is. Because you've had all the context of hours of playing that this film, because they're trying to do so much and they had so many cooks' hands in the kitchen or cooks in the kitchen, whatever, there's no explanation for how she just knows this shit. She just knows it. Well, I feel like since time travel is not a widely accepted scientific idea in this universe, no one on Earth is qualified to understand exactly what that is just by looking at it. Yeah, no. Yeah, that really, that just bugged me. those are are good those are good um i also have two mine made me go really i guess we had an issue with this particular 
um, particle of the earth at this time period is when uh, they're talking about Egypt and Laura expresses how she doesn't like it. And then the butler's response is, I know, gets everywhere, even in, even in the cracks. In reference to sand, and our thing was like, do we really have like a sand issue that this had to get brought up so much? oh who'd have thought george lucas grabbing inspiration from the tomb raider movie was there a sand epidemic in in the early 2000s everyone's like just getting it in the cracks of their assholes like what's going on here when you people go to the beach you just drop trowel spread them and sit down like is that what you do this is the only explanation for how you're just getting sand all the way up in there this image of someone just going to the beach, happy as can be, and right before they sit, they just fucking pull their pants off and plop. <laughs> I, better yet, they plop on some kid's sandcastle. <laughs> it's the new, it's the new beach bully. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Been, I go to the beach, you know. Sometimes I don't recall ever getting sand in the nooks and crannies, so I don't know what y'all I, are doing. Yeah, I've been to the beach plenty of times as a kid. I never got sand up there. I do not understand how, like, as soon as I heard the sign, I was like, or, I was like, it took me a minute. I was like, are we, are we serious right now? You're really bringing sand back into this? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, uh, I, I remember thinking, like, that's weird that this is not the only early 2000s action film that would talk about sand like this. <laughs> so strange. Um the second one bugs me because you're hinting that I've seen more than just this film, and I fucking haven't. And that's when she, they team up with the bad guys to really go to that final tomb and her weird guy that lives in the fucking trailer park outside her damn house is, comes up to her and goes, time to save the universe again, isn't it? And I'm watching it like, well, okay, jackass, this is your first film I'm watching, so what? I was like, you've made no hints in this film that this is like your 20th time doing this. As far as I'm concerned, it's your first time getting into this like level of crazy. So what do you mean time to do this again? Like you've done it a thousand times. Also a little arrogant. I mean, I'd argue that like maybe you're saving the world, the universe. Really? Yeah. Maybe save and maybe just, I don't know, save this line for like the second or third film when I've gotten invested in the, these characters and I'm like, yeah, it is time to do it again. You fucking get out there and you save that goddamn universe. But your first movie, I'm just looking at you like, huh? <laughs> Who do you think you are? Indiana Jones? You're not saving shit. Like, yeah. what did he do besides build unnecessary robots? And live in a fucking trailer outside the mansion that he could easily live in. What I'm, is he... Like, what is their relationship? How did they encounter each other? It's... Like, I don't know. I don't think he, I don't think he was in the game, but I think he was literally invented for the movie and it makes no sense. Jesus. Weird. Yeah. Good lines. Yep. <laughs> good ish lines, depending on how you, how you play good in this, this <laughs> sentence. Um, our next one, our Steven Seagal, first performance. There were some contenders here. This is, uh, this was hard. I mean, John Voight, Academy Award winner John Voight. What were you doing here? Uh, Academy Award winner Angelina. Why? 
I just I can't stand Americanized British act, accents. You know what I can't stand even more is a British actor I know can do better trying their least. And that is Daniel Craig. Do we have the same person? If you pick Daniel I, Craig, then we do. I picked Daniel Craig, yes. <laughs> what the fuck, Dan? Like, uh, I, I have seen this guy deliver hell, like, in, in, incredible performances. I mean, I just, a year later, he's the bad guy in Road to Perdition, and he is fantastic. Oh, he's great yeah. in Road to Perdition. So what, what happened here, man? He's God, a, I mean, he's a tradition. He's been, he's probably one of the best James Bonds we have for many of the best. Yeah, for a lot Logan of Lucky, Knives Out. Like, yeah, like, he's good. And yeah, in both Logan Lucky and Knives Out, he does an accent and it's not bad. It is not a bad accent in either movie. No, he just, I feel like he's too early in his career to not give a shit, but he doesn't. <laughs> he really doesn't. Oh, boy. There is yeah. so many times where like his accent is breaking and you can actually hear his actual voice or the pitch changes and he sounds different in one scene as an American is than he does in the next. It's so and then when he does get it, it sounds so weird and stilted hearing him talk. I'm like the whole movie, I'm like, dude, why well, did you just like, use your voice? And his character is completely pointless. You could take him out of this movie and nothing changes. He adds nothing to the film absolutely nothing he has like that one random scene where he's clearly like naked walking around i'm like what is the point of this scene which is funny because we had those scenes in x but i thought they were hilarious because of what ty west was going for in this movie i just went why are you naked put clothes on who opens the door naked you jackass that's the maid put some clothes on i'd argue that the maid Opening the door to a naked Daniel Craig, probably not going to panic like that. <laughs> probably going to be like, oh, can I help you, sir? <laughs> Are you assuming that Daniel Craig is a, a well-endowed member of society? I'm saying that what I have seen of Daniel Craig is quite handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think anybody would argue with me on that. Yeah, no, I know a lot of women that went pretty uh, gaga over the scene when he comes out of the water and Casino Royale and just that on um, that speedo, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Bond's balls are all mangled up because of what the Sheaf did to him. But Daniel Craig's probably, you know, probably rocking some, some, <laughs> some, some decent equipment. I would bet he's keeping Rachel Race happy. Yeah, which is probably a full-time job. By the way, he's always so cranky. You know, he's he just wants to act and do his stuff, but he like the press keeps bugging him thanks to the James Bond roles. He has to go home and deal with her. He's like, God, just fucking kill me. I just want to act and go home. You ever see the heartbreak kid where like Ben Stiller marries somebody and then on their honeymoon finds out she's a fucking monster? No. I feel like that happened to Daniel Craig. <laughs> But she'll, he'll lose too much money if he gets out of that relationship. So he's just he's just seeing this through. Which I don't know how he is. He was James Bond for Christ's sakes. Like California man is a uh, you know divide down the middle kind of state when it comes to divorces. Is he living in California? I thought he was living in England. Oh well, then I don't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> get out of there. You can do better, Dan. <laughs> 
She's crazy. <laughs> I would I would not be surprised if Darren Craig is actually not like that bad of a guy. Like he's actually like I wouldn't be surprised if he's like really pleasant to work with. He's just constantly on edge because his he's afraid of his wife. <laughs> I've heard some crazy mean stories about Rachel Weiss. I can't confirm all of them, but I've heard more evil, like more, I won't say evil. That's a little going too far. More diva shit from her than I have about Daniel Craig. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard diva shit about her. I haven't really, I've heard, I haven't really heard anything bad about Craig. I've heard he's like boorish to an extent to the press, but he's also been very like outspoken about how he does not like doing press tours and stuff at all. No, he hates doing stuff like that. Um, He just wants to, you know, experiment with his craft and be an actor but you know sometimes you got to do a tomb raider yeah so knowing that, that that's how he is acting wise does make me think that he is probably not that bad to deal with because usually the ones that are like i just want to do my job and go home i tend to be the better ones to work with in the industry because they're not worried about what the fucking media cares they're not worried about that shit they're literally just worried about acting and doing their job i'll just say this i feel like daniel craig is not the kind of guy to pull the do you know who I am card. No. But she totally is. And she I actually asked. Yeah, I I read a story. It's one of those uh it was one of those many listicles I like reading that pop on Facebook and one was about rude celebrity. I don't know if you read the same one, but apparently like some lady was on an airplane and happened to sit next to her, talked to her, knew who she was, but she didn't want to pull that like, oh my God, because usually celebrities actually like when you just talk to them and they're not they get, don't have to worry about that for a moment in their lives so she thought she was being nice but not doing it Rachel Ray started getting more agitated and guess got up in a huff and left and apparently her assistant leaned in and said you have to recognize her she doesn't like it if you don't do that I'm Ugh. like are you what I yeah I would I get the feeling Dan Craig would, I would if anything if you brought it up like oh my god you changed my mind you'd be like shut the fuck up do not <laughs> bring up that fucking role dude if i ever meet rachel weiss i i hope i have i really like her in the mummy i might fanboy a little bit but i hope i have the inner strength to be like oh my god jennifer connelly i love you <laughs> <laughs> just to see how fucking pissed she gets oh she get mad i would laugh if you do and daniel craig's there and he's just like he starts laughing it, oh i get him in trouble I, I, I fuck up his day. <laughs> but deep down, he's like, oh, it's fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I get the feeling from Craig, you could probably fanboy. I d- you would probably have to be careful with James Bond because of how open he's been about uh, wanting to have, getting out of the role numerous well, I think times. He, he wants to get out of the Like, he's done with the role, but I don't think he, you know, he doesn't hate it. I think he just... I think he hated the press and all that stuff that came with it. I think he it's the attention. Liked, yeah, I think he likes playing the character because he did kind of go back after that whole like cutting my wrist comment, and he did kind of track cut, go back to that. I remember on an interview, he said, like, "Hey, look, I was doing like I think he was like literally going from like movie to movie at that time. Like he was really overworked and he was doing like the press tours. He's like, I was doing a lot. I was tired. Like did not mean it like that. I just I let my emotions get like he did kind of." track back and explain that whole situation um and two is i mean there was that whole video if it was sincere where he did thank like the cast and crew on the last film um for their work and like what they did for what you know 
all that stuff. So if he was sincere, I think he did like playing the character. You just see how the attention got on his nerves. Yeah. Like I liked, you know, I understand some celebrities want to not be recognized as celebrities and just be treated like regular schmoes by people. Like on the set of uh, Sin City 2, my uncle was an extra and he, uh, Mickey Rourke was sitting at the bar in full Marv <laughs> makeup. And um, my uncle just went up to him and started talking to him about football. And Rourke like was like, "Yeah, I love this, you know, love this team. That like, are they doing great this year?" And they had a football conversation. And not once did my uncle talk about you know fucking the wrestler Iron Man two or anything. He was just like, "How about that game?" And Mickey Rourke was perfectly pleasant. So yeah, I just love that he got to talk to fucking Marv about football. That is actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. sometimes they just they don't they just want and. I, and you know, I'm sure like they get it. People go on a fanboy and it's fine, but sometimes they won't talk about stuff. I've when I went to uh Kripscon with uh Josh that one year, we ran through you know, Richard Brake was there the first year we went. He actually spent more time talking about asking us about our Navy careers and military stuff than his own movies. I mean, eventually we got to it, like we circled back and started talking about like, you know, his work with Rob Zombie films and how you know, I'll wait till you guys see what when Three From Hell comes out and stuff like that. But like at first, it was all about like, you know, oh, how long do you guys deploy? He goes, oh my god, I could not imagine. He's like, I got two teenage boys, I could not do that. <laughs> like, and you know, like it was like you can because at, at the end of the day, they're human. They want to, they have like I've said, I think I've said it in the past couple of like they're human beings. They have like lives like we do. Yeah. You know, they're what we see is their job technically. Like that's what they do for a living. Yeah. Some of them have tattoos. So some of them, you know, have vials of blood of their significant others. I can't quite understand that one. That one's kind of weird, but you do you. Some of them kiss their brothers for extended periods of time. Can't quite understand that one either. Kind of weird, but you do you. But, you know, you know, all right, all I've got is tattoos. <laughs> but yes. Yes, Daniel Craig's probably pleasant. I'm sure he was trying, because this is like, this was early Daniel Craig. But yeah, the, the American accent he went on just did not work. His, his more specific style he goes for in something like Knives Out and Logan Lucky, way better. Yeah. I, I feel like if I ever encountered Daniel Craig, I, I, I feel like the most I'd be able to do is like a, a nod of respect of like, I, I recognize you, you know, like a, and then he'd probably be like a, Give me a nod back and that'd be enough. Yeah. I feel like I wouldn't want to intrude on his day. No, because then he's, he's probably in his head going, okay, when I get home, I got to do this to make her happy so she doesn't freak out. <laughs> oh, man, I can't imagine being married to a diva. I mean, maybe maybe that's all bullshit. Maybe she is just really nice and they made that up for, for internet points. But I don't know. I just, I don't get that vibe. I don't get that vibe either. And I always say, I always tell people this, like, a lot of times, if you don't see them in a lot of shit, it usually tells you that they're hard to work with, they're kind of diva, and they're not always getting stuff because people don't want to work with them. And if you see them in a good amount of stuff, usually it means that they're pretty pleasant to work with, people like working with them. There's exceptions, like, obviously, we're still seeing Tom Cruise, but that because he's using Scientology as a way to keep on kicking. But... Yeah, it's usually the case. I've, I, at least I've noticed. Um, with that, let's go ahead and uh, go to our next award, the Michael Bay, which the worst filmmaking decision. I cannot wait to hear yours because I 
this was definitely a fun one to come up with because I was figuring out my own list here. But go ahead. After hearing everything you said about the score, it makes sense that mine would be the incredibly dated late 90s techno beat soundtrack. Yeah. I am glad I went on about the score then. Yeah. Yeah. The soundtrack of this film is horrendous. The music is like trying to emulate the Matrix, but not quite getting there. Uh, the end freeze frame with the where's your head at song is so fucking unearned. It's it's terrible. The music is the worst thing about this movie. I'll, I'll bug it about for that. It, yeah. And like I said, as we, we saw when we talked about it or heard us when we talked about it, like they they had a chance to come up with at least a good score, have something, but they just kept shoving, firing. It, it was literally like it was ridiculous how much they were just throwing it out um for me and this guy i guess is going back to the game and kind of going back to what we talked about earlier with like the outrageous scripts that were being made but to me because they focus way too much on like her sex appeal and and trying to get her to get naked essentially it's called lower craft tomb raider and there's a severe lack of tomb raiding in this fucking movie <laughs> Yeah, that's a fair that's a, that's a fair point. I don't get and if you play the games, there's a lot of tomb. Hell, the review trilogy, quite many points in the main mission, you're raiding tombs, and then there's side tombs. They don't do anything for the story. It's just like side quests you can do where you raid fucking tombs. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like if you know if un, if Uncharted Drake always had a map. Like kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? But a big old X is right here. Look at this charted treasure here. All the instructions on how to solve every puzzle to get to it. <laughs> it's like if you know Silent Hill took place in a different town. Not Silent Hill. Loud Hill. Loud Mountain. <laughs> Mountain. <laughs> That's great. Oh, God. Took him out of his slip. I was going to find it, God damn it. Um, well, let's, uh, let's attempt then on a, on a pause note with our words, right? Let's see our, the final part, the silver lining. Um, the point of this, this where we try to be positive, if it's obviously something like this with your hate, um, what, what was you? Were you able to pull anything for your silver lining? I was, but I had to reach down into the bottom of the barrel to find anything. Um, and ultimately, I went with, um, I looked up Daniel Craig's filmography. This was his first major Hollywood production. So his involvement in this, I'm sure, opened some doors for him to get Road to Perdition, which in turn opened some doors to get Layer Cake, which landed him James Bond. So without breaking into Hollywood with Tomb Raider, he doesn't get James Bond, and we don't get that epic run of films. That is fair. He had to martyr himself on his debut. Yeah. To get... It's kind of like the Batman and Robin effect. You had to have that film for what we got, and ultimately with Nolan's trilogy. So we we had to have Tomb Raider so we could ultimately get James Bond. You're going to play James Bond. Sometimes you got to whore yourself out for a few years. That's those are the rules. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Um, for me, yeah. I did I did go with Angelina Jolie. Um, I do actually think she's not bad in the role. I think it I get the feeling she actually tried to do her homework 
understood yeah. the character. I do think for the time and for the the era of the games that were kind of coming out, she does exude just that right amount of charisma and badassery and sexiness um, for the character. Um, I, I understand you're not like that super into her. I'm honestly, she's never been like my, oh my God, I'm so like attracted to her type of actress. But I do think in this case, I've always thought she does well in like more action, action centric roles, like a wanted, for example. Um, and I think she does really good here. She does seem to get it. I, I do like her take on the character. Fair enough. Uh, I understand. You know, I'm. I understand people who think she's super hot. I understand people who think she's super talented. I just don't think she's either one. And sorry, it's nothing personal. It's just a. I I don't I don't like her films. I haven't really seen any of her valued work. What I have seen, I don't think I've, like she hasn't impressed me that much. So. Yep, just haven't gotten on board that train. I guess that's fair. I I really haven't gotten on board it either. I, I'm a little bit more than you are, but I'm, I've never been like, oh my God, new Angelina Jolie flick. Like, you know what I mean? It's never been something on my radar. But like I said, I, I do think this is, the movie sucks. I think she's not bad. I think she, she is legit trying. Fair enough. You know, to each their own. I mean, she could have been worse. I'll give you that. It could have been Jennifer yeah. Love Hewitt. But I'll say, yeah, and I think it helped more when I saw the the cast that people they had, and I was like, well, since we didn't get Mona Mitra, which seems like the obvious fucking choice to anyone else, um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take this one. Um, <laughs> Maybe her British accent's a little bit better than Craig's American somehow. Just let Craig be British. The, car- the, the Are we even in America at any moment in this film? No, so it makes no sense. Oh. Uh, with that, with that out of the way, though, let's move on to our next segment, which I think I, I, I would not. I don't doubt you had a full day with these with this segment on uh, what's in the box. What's in the fucking box? Uh, as expected, this film's pretty critically reviled even there, but there were a lot of weird, you know, oh my God, she's so hot, five stars reviews. I figured. <laughs> I had to comb through those, find uh, hey, I found look, five. Yeah. You can say what you want. I know I fawn over people like Emily Blunt, for example. If she's in a shitty movie, she's in a shitty movie. I still think she's hot, but she's in a shitty movie. Yeah, I appreciate that you don't let your dick call the shots. That's a film no. critic's mind right there. <laughs> No, I sit there and I mentally go, God, she's gorgeous. And, you know, I have my moment later in private, but then I go, that was not a good movie. <laughs> well, some people don't have that kind of self-control. And I had to weed through those to find five that I felt were funny. Uh, this is rated a 2.6 out of five on Letterboxd. Still not the lowest we've gone, but pretty low. It's down there. That seems to be like the average is like 2.5, 2.6 area. Yeah. If we can find something under two. That's a special bad movie. Uh, we've had a couple of those. And then Showgirls with a three out of five, which I still, I'm going to mention that almost every episode because it blew my fucking mind. And I can't Huge cult following. Very strong cult following. Yeah. Well, you know, two uh, Raiders got. Yeah. Honestly, my buddy actually messaged me after that. He goes, yeah, he goes straight people. Just He's like, it's hard to explain. Straight people don't get it. The, us gays love it. I was like, teach your own man. I'm glad you enjoy it. 
See, I don't get that either. I've seen a lot of, you know, very good movies aimed at the gay population. Showgirls is still a shit movie, regardless of who has embraced it. I, whatever. I don't know. There's plenty of films I like that. I'm sure people are like, how can you like them? I don't like it. Well, here's some people who didn't care for Tomb Raider. Uh, Number one, uh, this is from Daisy, who didn't actually review the film. She just commented with maybe the funniest thing I've ever heard on Letterboxd. I fucking hate movies. This sucks. Go to hell. What? <laughs> That's it. That's her I, whole review. Did she did she like movies before and then this was the kicker? Or I got a vibe like, of like, I don't even like movies. Like, this sucks. Like, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> I hate films. I decided to give this one a chance and it sucked. Well, I mean, gotta, yeah. Yeah. I got to say, though, if you've never seen movies and this is your debut of film, you're never going to watch another movie again. No. Look, if you haven't, if you're not in some movies and you're trying to dip your toes for a reason to the world of films, go to Film Buddy. Don't do it online. Try to get everybody yours that likes some films and just start with the classics. That's what I always say. Start with the classics. You know, do like a Halloween, do a Godfather, do, you know, I'm trying to actually think of a. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Do shit that's classic, that people know, people love, and from there, go from there. Don't do well, Lower Croft Tomb Raider. I wonder if this was just the last straw where she's like, you know, her friend's like, come on, you got to watch some movies. You're, you're bumming me out. She's like, all right, fine. And she picked like three, and the first two sucked. And this was, the num- this was number three. <laughs> she's like, fuck this. I'm done. <laughs> How do you people like this stuff? Is this every movie? Is this all the movies? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, okay, number two is from Foggy. Lara nice Croft fights... Hmm? Nice name. Yeah, like Foggy. I like it. I like some of these names. Uh, Lara Croft fights a giant robot about a minute in. If that sounds okay with you, please throw yourself into an acid pit. One star. <laughs> wow. <laughs> If you like this, kill yourself. Fuck you. One star. <laughs> Jesus. Who hurt you, Foggy? God. Look, I, I disagree with people sometimes on like films. We've definitely disagreed. I'd never be like, go fuck yourself. How about you go die? Like, Jesus Christ. People get passionate, man. I, you know, it's, it's impressive sometimes when people just are like, I hated that so much. I want you to die. Do you like that? Fuck you every which way. Go die. You're the scum of the earth if you like that. Oh, my God. Uh, this, this is a good one. This is from Soul Harve. It was on TV. What was I supposed to do? Not watch it? Get the fuck out of here. And gave it a star. I mean, a, um, a heart. They loved it. <laughs> on TV. What am I going to do? Not watch it? Yeah, just walk away from to quote the word warrior, just walk away. <laughs> just just, just walk I, away. I love the get the fuck out of here. Like, come on, you're crazy. <laughs> Usually when people say that, it's applied to something like the Shawshank Redemption, right? Like, it was on TV. It's Shawshank. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Walk away from this riveting piece of entertainment? No, you did it for Tomb Raider. I'm just picturing like you and your buddies are supposed to meet up at a bar or something, and one of them's not there. 
you call him. It's like, Harv, where, where are you? It's like, hold on, Tomb Raider's on. Like, what am I supposed to do? Not watch it? <laughs> it's on TV. It's going to be like two hours of commercials. I'm not skipping commercials, so I might skip movie. <laughs> it's TNT. Commercials are usually pretty good. <laughs> oh, my God. At, on some level, I get it, but not for this movie. Yeah, again, I would get it if you pulled out Shawshank or if you pulled out like the first Saw, which is edited anyway, but still, like, I'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. But like, no, it's Little Croft Tumor. I have to watch this. I feel like Saw on like TNT would be so boring. It's, it would be, it's just the detective scenes. Just, <laughs> they can't even hear, show anything. You just hear the noises of a foot getting cut off. You don't really see the reaction or anything. It's just like, noises uh, it just like it it goes from like gordon about to do it cuts immediately to like jigsaw getting up like there's no build-up to it it's just like they had to cut out all of that and you're just like what what happened <laughs> better yet all right let's see them try to do like a rob zombie or eli roth film on tv like devil's fucking rejects on tv you start going Oh, God, you said fuck again already. It's already been like five minutes. Oh, you got to edit all that. Dude, Cabin Fever would just be general store. I like that girl. Pancakes Pancakes. and credits. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be the weirdest 35-minute movie ever. Thank you for tuning in to Cabin Fever. Now for the Devil's Rejects. (laughs) (laughs) Be like, what's the matter? You ever see a clown before? End credits. Even then, I don't know if you could do it because he says fuck quite a bit in that scene. We got to track this. We got to see if they're playing on cable. I, I want to see that. I, I want to see what it what it's like. It's just, instead of, you're not scared of fucking clowns, are you? Be like, you're not scared of clowns, are you? Like yet, I love when they do substitute words. Not when it's a, like, not when they bleep it out, but when they throw in like substitute words. Like you're not a scared, you're not scared of freaking clowns, are you? <laughs> I don't know it'd be more funny, like them having to constantly substitute the numerous amount of F bombs that are dropped, or like the constant like blanking it out. Like every, at one point you're going to say something, like, something wrong with my fucking audio. Like, what's going on with my TV? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh. Okay, next one is from Ryland, California. There's a shocking amount of batshit insanity in this wacky, hypersexualized, sort of fun special effects extravaganza, yet somehow the least convincing part is Daniel Craig's American accent. Angie's British accent isn't far behind. Why did they cast it this way? Two and a half stars. <laughs> We're not alone. <laughs> yes. I love, and there's even a line where like uh, Ian Lynn says, you're the Tomb Raider. You do it, but he says it to Daniel Craig. I'm like, you know what? Why don't we just go on and gender flip this shit and have the British guy just be the goddamn Tomb Raider and use his British accent? Oh my God. Yeah, Alex, last name, Tomb Raider. I don't remember his last name. I think it was maybe West. It I don't was, know. It probably was. Probably Simon West being cheeky. Oh, my God. Want <laughs> last name him West because my name's West. I'm the director. At least are you though? Are you Simon? I feel like it's B- like Bane in the Dark Knight Rises. Do you feel in charge? <laughs> like, no, I no. was born in the shadows. 
You were, because nobody knows who the fuck you are, Simon. Molded by it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and finally, from Molly Like. Still don't know what a Tomb Raider is. Three stars. (laughs) Yeah, this movie does not explain it very well. No. The games don't really explain it, but because you actually raid tombs, you're like, oh. From context clues, I know what a tomb is. I know what raiding is. So, you know, I figured it out. But if you don't know what it is, this movie's not going to tell you. No, because you're watching going, what's so special about being a Tomb Raider? It was literally two scenes, maybe in an hour and a 40-minute movie where they go into a tomb of some kind. We see most archaeologists tend to uh, have dual pistols and training robots, and they tend to blow up a lot of artifacts. I also find it hilarious that that super powerful triangle of light got destroyed by one bullet that completely blew it apart. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That thing was flimsy. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. Again, the 2018 film, I would argue, actually attempted to have her be a Tomb Raider and go on a globe trotting adventure. At the very least, there is a tomb that is being raided. So I'll take it. Yeah. Again, and she actually did like, you know, things like getting clues and going places. And it made, again, I'll defend that 2018 film the day I die. It actually does what this film should have done to begin with. Yeah, I concur. Well, that's what's in the box. A lot of uh, complaints and one person who's giving up film altogether. Complaints, one person's giving up film, and a lot of dudes needing m- multiple five minutes over Angelina Jolie's um, look. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was fun. Uh, not the episode I anticipated. Uh, did not expect to talk about tits and millipedes at the very least. I know, I know. I wasn't lying to you when I texted you. I was like, dude, wait till we talk about this development. Oh, it is something truly special. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, 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 I'm glad you could you join me on this wild ride we had. Um, before I start talking about all of next week's stuff, let's go ahead and knock out social media as usual. So we're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Filmgasm Productions. Uh, if you want to shoot us a recommendation, feel free to email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. I know we actually do have a recommendation coming up at some point in the schedule, but I forgot wherever you put it, but it's there. Um, cool. Uh, if you'd like to donate and support us in that way, you can also find us on Anchor. And finally, you can get on our website, filmgasm.com, check out all the reviews, trailers, articles, in all of our episodes. Um, I actually think it wasn't too long ago, Austin just put an article up there for his uh, February watch yep. list on what? His fa- yep, an article on his uh, what he's been watching through February. We put our Pixar character Hall of Fame from our Coco mm-hmm. episode of Oscar Sunday. And I recently reviewed the 2016 horror film, The Autopsy of Jane Doe. So those are all recent additions to the website. Yeah, so recent, I've been, I kind of had uh, some weird personal stuff that kind of like, Got me out of my zone for a bit, but I'm about to finally come back stronger with some reviews. Um, yeah, all good on the personal front, but just something that kind of popped up. Uh, as far as uh, now that's out of the way for this show next week, we will be discussing the 
extremely, almost astonishingly hated animated film Star Wars The Clone Wars, which somehow, for as much as people fucking despise this, spawned an extremely successful um, TV show. That is one of the few things that stayed canon when Disney bought the, fan- the franchise. So... I'm I'm definitely interested in watching this and seeing how the fuck that went down because I don't know how this was so hated, but the show, you got a show and the show got much more love. Very interesting to me. I saw Star Wars The Clone Wars at a midnight screening when it came out. I was so excited and it was so disappointing. So I'm excited to go back into it with a uh, critical lens, having watched at least the first two seasons of the TV show. Uh, yeah, this will be interesting. Our first time touching Star Wars on any of our shows. <laughs> of course it is. God damn it. Uh, on, for as for our other shows, on Filmgasm, we'll be doing one I am super, super duper excited for. OG Universal Monster himself, 1931's Dracula. Bela Lugosi. Here we go. I fucking love this movie. I cannot wait to watch it and talk about it. So I am so excited. Um, on Oscar Sunday, they will be uh, celebrating the airing of the Oscars that weekend. You guys will. For Oscar Sunday, though, make sure I got this right. You'll be doing your predictions for the show. Yes. we're um, Austin and I will be airing our live uh, predictions of who we think is are going to take home awards that night. And we'll also be talking a bit about how we would restructure the show to make it more palatable to a modern audience, get rid of some of the fluff. So that's going to be uh, Sunday's episode. Okay. Which then leads us to sneak preview, which will this time I get a, I'll have a break from you guys will not hear my voice for once. It will be Austin this time and Connor as usual. You guys will be recapping the ceremony and uh, giving out your essentially your personal thoughts, your observations of how it went, if I am correct, and your thoughts on like the winners and all that stuff. Yep. As per tradition, we will be doing a recap of the Oscars, talking about the highs and lows, the awards, what deserved to win, what did win, any embarrassing moments that will inevitably happen. And uh, we're going to, you know, possibly talk about them. Um, I'm, I'm going to probably see the lost city. So I'll say a bit about that. Uh, everything everywhere all at once, potentially, but, if not, there's always next week for that. Yeah. Um, I know everything everywhere all at once. It's Thursday, and I looked on my app for showings, and it's still not showing up, which is so fucking weird to me. Yeah. I, I looked in more than one theater. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So uh, hopefully I, I, I kind of want to see it. I think it looks pretty good, but yeah. if not, we'll hey, see. fuck it. Yeah. Um, hey, Shutter has their new release, The Spine Night. I'm fucking going to be watching that anyway, so there we go. It's going to be an Oscar-heavy weekend. I'm excited. Uh, I know I'm one of the last few schmoes on Earth who actually watches this show, but someone's got to talk about it. At least, well what, I'll say, at least what's still airing. I, I, even I've been wondering how long they're going to keep airing it with the numbers going down constantly. Well, I'm going down with this ship, so <laughs> I'm going to see. You're talking to the guy that's still watching Walking Dead. I'm one of the few, like, barely two million people now that watches the fucking show. So I'm, I'm going down with that show. I'm, I'm, they're about to wrap up part two of three of their fucking series. Like, you know, last season and shit. So we're about to finally be on that home stretch of eight episodes and be done. But 
I get it. I understand. Um, until then, though, don't be trying to raid any tombs and attempt to find a long lost mythical, mystical, or mythical, both artifact. Leave it to the professionals like Laura Croft. And see you all next week on Beyond the Bed. Thank you.